Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Five Point Fridays here with your host, Chris Griffin, a.k.a. Chris with a K. Hey, look, I'm one half of the Horns Down podcast. Got to throw the horns down. I mean, we're here with some Bama fans and, you know, and such. So that that's that's how it goes around here, fellas. That's how you kind of have to, you know, introduce yourself. No, I'm playing. But anyways, I'm joined today by the wonderful, the amazing, highly intelligent Ty Hayes. And then a new friend of mine, a guy who... Uh, you know, my uncle, he he said, hey, he's next. He's definitely next. That guy is, <laughs> next. is, is pretty damn good. I like him. So Jonathan Lewis is here, ladies and gentlemen. So, sure. you know, hey, we're here to recap the week. Uh, basically, that was in college football. Talk a little bit of the realignment news. Talk about, you know, recruiting, different things like that. You know, keep it short and sweet if we can. But, you know, hey, we love to talk football here. So Ty, go ahead and reintroduce yourself to, the, uh, to, to everybody out there. Yeah, so I'm Ty Hayes. I do the YouTube channel Around the Table Sports. You can pretty much well come to my channel any day and find new content because, let's be honest, I don't have a life outside of college football and it's becoming <laughs> glaringly obvious. Uh, but yeah, Around the Table Sports on YouTube, at Twitter, uh, at ATS Sports Show. And that's about it, man. Jonathan? Is her college football with Jonathan Lewis on YouTube at College FB Lewis as far as Twitter? Talking all college football, love recruiting, specifically recruiting. Actually, I do do previews and predictions and stuff like that throughout the season. That's about it. All right. So, guys, let's go ahead and just jump right into it. We got five points to tackle today. And the first one is it looks like the Big 12 is making moves or the Big 12 is on the move, you know, kind of in between. Jonathan, I'll let you go first. What are your thoughts about the Big 12 possibly expanding? Well, look, the Big 12 has definitely secured its spot as far as the Power 5 program. I think that was the big thing in question, even though they got BYU, UCF, uh, Houston, and then Cincinnati. I think a lot of people are still questioning the fact, should they still be a Power 5, not move them down to a group of five? I think not only did they secure themselves as a Power 5, in my opinion, but if you do, let's say we do hypothetically bring in Oregon and Washington – that definitely locks them up as a power conference in my opinion. But I don't know if you guys just seen the news. It's releasing all over the place. It could be a rumor mill. It's on a couple of things. I sent it to Ty. But uh, supposedly as of about an hour and a half ago, Oklahoma State is in contact with the SEC. So, yeah. Now, it's coming from BarkerYarder.com and also another one that's affiliated with Oklahoma as well. So I don't know how legit that is. I try not to push speculation but just throwing that out there real quick that'd be interesting <laughs> i know so but yeah as far as that goes man i feel like the big 12 is good you know i always thought when they brought in byu i thought that was going to be not necessarily an improvement over texas and oklahoma but i thought that was a big you know filling in the gap right and then bringing over ucf the biggest enrollment in the whole united states as far as um, on campus Right. So you got those guys, obviously Cincinnati pushing into the playoffs. You can't discount that Luke fickle still there. He's going to make a push. And then Houston every year, it seems like, I don't know how they're kind of overlooked, but they always are typically overlooked in my opinion. I mean, they put guys in the NFL almost every single year. So, and the coaching staff is typically underrated as well. But yeah. That's pretty much all I got on the big 12, man. Um, it, it's just so much speculation and rumors going out there right now. It's crazy. Yeah. Is Dana about the big 12. Is Dana Holgerson still with Houston? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, look. You see what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> this, this is something that I've always thought. The Big 12 was in a precarious situation. And if we're talking mega brands, sure. I, I'll listen to arguments saying, well, they lack those. 
But what they did become is a complete conference top to bottom that I am very excited for Big 12 yeah. football. And look, the one thing I think that the Big 12 did that's so great, what do we all talk about? What's the one thing that really moves the needle for a lot of people who may be just very casual college football fans? Deep-seated rivalry games. The Big 12, arguably, depending on who you ask, had the best one in college football, right? If we go up north, the Ohio State-Michigan fans will claim theirs is the best rivalry. In the south, you know, you have Auburn-Alabama, you have Tennessee-Alabama, but... There's a real claim to be made by the Red River shootout. That is an unbelievable rivalry who even myself living in between these two programs, who's not a Texas or an Oklahoma fan, have felt. The Big 12 was able to go and recapture a major rivalry when they added in Utah here recently with BYU and Utah. That, I think, is something we need to keep in mind. And plus, Jonathan, to your point, you're talking about the market in UCF, right? You're talking about the market in Houston. Boulder might not have the largest viewership per game on average 64th in the nation, but they do have access to Denver's market. Yeah, no, right? and hands down. It's, it's a huge market. It's only probably what 35, 40 minutes from uh, Denver. I do believe so. And all media right rights for Boulder, if I'm not mistaken, go through Denver. Yeah, so, yeah, they boom, do. You got that. If we look at Arizona, Arizona state, Arizona is a fast growing state with a fast growing ravenous college football fan base great addition and then i talk about utah utah is a team every time jonathan and i get together we're always lauding their ability on a year in and year i mean they are truly one of my favorite college football teams in the nation because they are that solid every single year it seems like they're a team that if you sleepwalk into that game you're not going to leave that game feeling confident the big 12 chris you put it best on my podcast they were trying to survive and now they're trying to prosper yeah. 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 I mean, at the end of the day, like we said on your podcast, expand or die. Like you, you have to expand. You have to. Why can't you be the first conference to be the, the super conference? Why can't you expand to 20 teams before the SEC or before uh, the Big Ten, uh, you know, attempts to. Right. The whole thing is, if you're if you're the Big 12, you say, hey, Oregon. You come to the Big 12, Washington, you come to the Big 12, along with mo- most, if not all, of uh, the rest of the, uh, the Pac-12 <laughs> teams. You say, look, if you come here, we're going to get more money. Because yeah. as you can see, with the rumors that you're hearing about the, uh, you know, out there kind of on the East Coast, kind of down south a little bit with Miami and all of them, ESPN is trying to void that deal, right? Yeah. Yeah. But we'll talk about that uh, uh, in a second. But basically what I'm saying is this right here is that um, if you come to the conference, the Big 12 conference, you will bring more money because people are going to want to see that matchup with a uh, O-State, Oregon, O-State, Washington. They're going to want to see those classic matchups. And the thing about it is, is this right here, or those could be classic matchups. The thing about it is right here is that your league is going to be a slugfest because at any, any given time, anybody could win. There's not really a clear number one in that league. Ty, what were you going to say? Yeah, so you brought up money, right? And I think that that's a great point. And it bleeds into a point that you're also making where the Big 12 could continue expanding because of something the Pac-12 did that doesn't make any sense to me in terms of self-preservation. But if you're trying to be as forthright as possible, it makes a ton of sense. They started negotiating their media contracts early. So now every single one of these teams are set to see how much money they're going to lose without USC and UCLA. Mm -hmm. At that point, they're going to be looking for an out. 
yeah, and the, the out is in the Big 12. The second thing, not related, no, no. five-star wide receiver Jalen Brown has just committed to LSU. So, big pickup oh, for the Tigers. No, no, it's kind of given. Yeah. Where was, uh, where was he from? He's from Florida, if I'm not yeah, mistaken, he, isn't he? Yeah, he, he, play, he came out of Florida. Let me go just verify, but I'm almost positive he came out of Florida. Uh, oh, my gosh. Yeah, they haven't even announced it on 24-7 yet. And you must be on Twitter, I'm assuming. Yeah, I I have uh, <laughs> I have Hayes on notification alerts so every time he tweets, boom straight to my phone, and that's how I'm on it. Yeah, July, July is a July has been a big month. July it's been, been so much fun, man. But, so much fun. But I I would just say just to kind of wrap that point up right there with with the big uh, as far as just the Big Twelve. Look, like we talked about the uh, you know a few days ago, you got to go get the schools that you're trying to get. You got to go get them because you got to expand it to those recruiting bases, and you got to try to expand this conference to make sure that you can keep a team like O State settled and happy, right? Because right now O State would probably be the darling of the conference outside of Baylor, you know, with OU and Texas leaving. But the thing about OSU is that OSU. With their campus, everything that's going on there at that school, they're they're on the come up, and they're trying, they're pushing themselves to be in that agenda for like you know one of the top schools in the nation, you know, all around, right? Well, the state so of Oklahoma he, as a whole, yeah, I mean, is making yeah. strides, yeah. So yeah. here's the here's the thing about you know O State to remember, O State wanted when all this OU Texas talk came about, where was O State trying to go? Oh, State wanted to go to the Big Ten. Yep. Problem was, was well, an obvious an apparent problem. Really can't talk about too too much, you know, deeper than this the surface problem. But basically, the surface problem was the fact that they don't necessarily meet that that academic standard or criteria yeah, for the, the Big Ten. Yeah, it was it was almost like if you need to be in the, the top one twenty, they're like one sixty. Get what I'm saying? And there, it's not as easy as you would think to be able to get a school to just increase or just be able to, you know, bolt up the charts just to be able to get inside that that top 120, right? So that was kind of a thing. So it, it, it would make sense for them to want to go to the Big 12. I mean, to not to the Big 12, but to the SEC and try to get, you know, as much money as they could. Now, here's the thing. I don't necessarily think that it would – I think it would actually help them in the long run because recruiting-wise now – you would have just as much right to actually go after those those uh, four and five star kids, which you know Gundy is still not probably going to go after that many. But now with the SEC behind you, with all that money uh, that you had at that school, have or had, you know, RPT Boom Pickens. But at the same time, I mean, it's it's, it's food for thought. So I, I guess I, I think what we need to do is just probably just kind of just wait on that one because that's that's a whole thing in itself. But you figure that they will probably try something because at this at this point in time, that helps us kind of segue into our next point, which is we talk about Notre Dame being a chess piece, but what about Oregon and Washington? Ty, what you, what you got about that? Yeah, so Oregon and Washington, honestly, I would be jumping. If I'm the Big 12, I'm jumping at the opportunity to add them. A bunch of Big Ten fans have been super opposed to adding in Oregon, and the only thing I can think it has to do with that academic thing, because if we're talking football brands, why wouldn't you want Oregon in your conference? 
it's a huge football brand. They have a massive fan base. They resonate with the youth. They just got a great head coach in Dan Lanning, who I might be very early in saying great, but up to this point has done really solid work with the Oregon Ducks. Washington is a big brand in the college football world. So we talk about Oregon, we talk about Notre Dame, excuse me, as being some gatekeeper. And let's be very clear. They are. They absolutely are. They're a top 10 brand in college football. But if I'm the Big 12, the second I hear the Big 10 being like, oh, well, we're waiting to see what Notre Dame does, I'm on the phone with Oregon and Washington, I mean, expeditiously. See that word? <laughs> I saw you slide it in there. Jonathan, what do you think? Yeah, uh, look, it, it makes sense. Uh, and I'm not going to try to push up Dan Lanning too much as much as I like him as well. Uh, one thing he's kind of proven is, well, he can definitely recruit. He's going to keep the recruiting on path like he like Mario Cristobal did up there as well. Bringing in Dante Moore was a huge get. Uh, not only that, but you're bringing in 10th in viewership in the nation, according to uh, stats last year when you're talking about Oregon football. So per game, they were around like 2.6 million, I believe, uh, per game. So you're definitely bringing in the viewership, your market. It's like Easy. 13th. So, I mean, you're bringing in a market. You're bringing in money. You're bringing in Phil Knight money. You're bringing in – you know, uh, this school that's known for the uniforms, right? They bring a moxie to them, to the program, to the to the Big 12. Uh, but not only that, Washington, in my opinion, could be getting a little bit overlooked this season as well. Um, I know it's early, guys, but they are 20th in recruiting, right? So, I mean, for Washington, compare that to the past couple of years, I have to give them a little bit of credit there because I'm pretty typically hard on Washington. Uh, but when you're talking about, like, AAU standards and why the Big Ten may not want to bring in Oregon. I feel like it's more along the lines of USC and UCLA kind of wanting to just be the darlings of the new Big Ten. And I think they don't want to share that with anybody, in my opinion. And uh, Oregon coming down to the Big 12, and I've already voiced this before, Oregon and, you know, Okie State and those those matchups, I feel like would be just something I would definitely tune in to watch all the time. Uh, And the possibility of those rivalries would, would be amazing. Uh, but, yeah, and then, yeah, that's pretty much all I got for it. I mean, I, I think that with Oregon and Washington, if you can bring them into the Big 12, that kind of helps you. You're losing OU in Texas, let's just be honest. Yeah. But at the same time, you're going to be able to get really, really good brands and brands with yeah. some tradition, some history. And, you know, the fact of the matter is, is that Oregon's hot, and then yeah. once every three years, Washington is – close to either they're either they're close to being elite or they're one of the top teams in the country. Get what I'm saying? Every few years. And let's just be honest, you know, we always talk about the SEC. The SEC is a is rich in talent all the yeah. way through. However, that West Coast pretty talented themselves. You get what <laughs> yeah. I'm saying? They're they're pretty talented themselves. So what I would say is just that it it, it would make a lot of sense for them to come because at the end of the day, we can say USC and UCLA want to be the darlings of the, the Big Ten and all the rest of that. Well, you would be the darlings, probably the, the top guy, you know, that 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 dude in in the Big 12 if you were yeah. if you did choose to come. But I think that the TV deals would, would be really good. I think that you'll be able to um, maintain a relationship with Fox or ESPN, however you want to go. I think that you're going to have all the money because here's the thing. I think that the only difference between Oregon going to the Big Ten and the Big 12 opposed to going to the SEC, here's the big difference between those two things, okay? You go to the Big 12, you go to the Big Ten, recruiting pretty much stays the same. 
You're going to uh, recruit at a high chip. You're going to be able to get, you know, get a lot of invites and all the rest of that stuff because with NIL and especially Nike money, you yeah. go crazy, right? But then again, let's think about Oregon goes to the big to the to the SEC. Not only is their recruiting would probably in just be enhanced, right? And then the fact of the matter is, is that you know, with uh, with you, you SEC boys, y'all like to do a lot of uh, hush money type stuff, you know. Oh, bags, yeah. uh, McDonald's, McDonald bags yeah. full of uh, full of money, you know. Type don't stuff associate like us you, with that. I'm just saying. Don't associate us with McDonald's playing. bags of money. I, We're I more heard. creative than that. Chick Fil A now. Yeah, I've that's a bad too. example. That's a bad faith example. We do Chick Fil A. Chick Fil A, dog. I'll just say, I'll just say, <laughs> but at the same time, I think that, you know, it, or Oregon would be, a. I mean, you know, my uncle, he said something today that, that was actually kind of funny to me. He said, hell, if I'm Oregon, I'm calling the big 10. I mean, I'm calling the SEC and saying, Hey, look, the big 10 expanded their horizons. I mean, they literally did. They went to the West yep. coast to get two teams from our conference. What about you? Are you just going to stay over there and, and get North Carolina and, and Clemson? Why don't you come out here and get us? Hell, we'll bring Washington with us too. That's- Look, I, I've said the same thing. Jonathan and I talked about yeah. this, and I even got a bit of pushback from it on my channel from some SEC fans, and I just replied and being like, what about Oregon would you not want? Yeah, They're an exciting brand, right? It's, like, they're exciting. It's, it's fear. great. It's fear, bro. Let me tell you something right now. There's a lot of elitist SEC fans that get scared when you introduce the idea of another good team coming into this conference. The thing that that doesn't, if if you if you truly believe, like I truly believe, right, that like when you're talking Georgia, when you're talking LSU, when they're on, when you're talking Alabama, if we truly believe that they are the teams that you know they the SEC holds them out to be, it doesn't matter if you add Ohio State into the conference. That's how you should feel. If I'm someone from the SEC, I'm saying line them up. I want the best teams. I want to show you what we but, do. But you're not most fans. You're right. Most fans say, I want the easy path. I want somebody to be hurt so we can guarantee the win and get and get to national championship. We've seen this over and over again. Like, I don't understand why SEC a lot of SEC fans hold their hat on, you know, being elite, 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 but not playing elite competition. It aggravates me every single season. I see Alabama play Citadel. I don't expect them to play Ohio State, but I don't expect them to play Citadel. Yeah. I get it. It's money for the smaller schools. Don't even give me that BS conversation. But yeah, yeah I'll leave it at that. I mean, I, I mean, that's a that's a valid fact. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, I'd I'd rather my my team kind of be, you know, especially in that last week before the last game of the season. I really would rather them not go out there and play Furman and the Citadel yeah. and 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 teams like that. You know, you're risking injury because everybody's out there just kind of lollygagging and just going through the motions because we already know we're going to beat up on this team. You get what I'm saying? <laughs> so it's just one of those things where you, uh, you, I think that with the, the 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 idea of the pod system and different things that are going to happen, I think you're kind of going to be forced out of that a little bit. And especially with the expansion of, of the uh, of the college football playoffs, we're going to have to see how that goes because that may be something that affects that as well. But I mean, to the point of, of Oregon and Washington, you do have to feel left out and you do have to kind of, but, but, but not to the point where you're about to cry. You <laughs> feel excited because the prospects are so damn good because at yeah. the end of the day, you could probably, you can, you could do, you could do three things or 
few things, right? You can go to the SEC. If if they're wanting you, right? You can wait and go to the to the uh to the Big Ten if they want you and they don't get Notre Dame. Um, you can go to the Big 12. The Big 12 wants to expand and get Pac-12 teams, right? Or, or check this out. You can stay in the Pac-12 and basically say, you know what? No, we're going to make this conference. Uh, we're going to uh, keep this conference from basically going by the wayside. We're going to be the, the the new darlings of it, and we're going to do that, right? You could do that, but, I mean, I don't know. What you think, Ty? I'm sorry. I had something going on in the background and didn't want it to hit. Yeah, but I, I apologize. You could certainly do that, right? You could certainly play your hand at this and attempt to be the darling of the conference because someone made a decent point in my live stream whenever they said whenever Texas and Oklahoma were set to leave the Big 12, as they still are, everybody said the Big 12 was dead. And then the Big 12 made moves, and now they're good. They said that they felt like something similar could happen to the pack. My only thing is, is it's different when it was only one conference doing this at the forefront where they still had time to make moves. Now we're seeing the biggest brands in the Pac-12 dissolving, right? So I have a lot less faith that the Pac-12 is going to be able to survive than the Big 12. Because the Big 12 still had Baylor. They had Iowa State. They had Oklahoma State, right? You still had some real solid brands in college football. Uh, You could could try and be the darling. I wouldn't Mm -hmm. because you're going to lose money. And at the end of the day, this is about money. Right. Mm-hmm. This is about money. Yeah. Now, can I get, can I give you some pushback on that? Absolutely. So you saw the report that ESPN is trying to merge the ACC and Pac-12 network through ESPN, right? Is uh, it, is I hadn't it, seen that. No. Yeah, no, no, that has been confirmed. So gotcha. ESPN is trying to reach into those teams left in the Pac-12. And what they're trying to do is merge the ACC network as it's owned by ESPN uh, in the Pac-12 together. All thing that's going to do, obviously, is just give – ESPN the ability to show the Pac-12 games, right, uh, while it's still remaining at the end of the day. And we all know at the end of the day, I think we can kind of mostly agree that the media has a big stake in this. They control the a lot. Yeah. Right? yeah and, and to be fair, I'll, yeah, the biggest. they Because they have the money involved in this. When you're talking about billions of dollars here, it's through the media. Look at the Big Ten. Signed a $1 billion media deal for the Big Ten. Uh, so when you look at this, I feel like ESPN is almost trying to gain the upper hand by making the Pac-12 stick around because what was the Pac-12 and Big Ten affiliated with? The Rose Bowl, right, that was through Fox Sports. Mm -hmm. This is a smart move by ESPN, trying to work their way into the Pac-12, and now they're going to own every power conference except the Big Ten, which at the end of the day, what are we going to be talking about that's no longer being talked about? College football playoff expansion. Who's going to own the rights to those games? Well, if ESPN owns 80 to 90% of the market, who says they're not going to own 80 to 90% of the playoff games as far as the media rights go? Yeah. I guess my big question there would be, wouldn't it behoove ESPN to kind of hope that an Oregon and Washington join a conference that's bigger, that carries more views and now stack it? If they come to the SEC or the Big 12 at the end of the day, in my opinion, it doesn't matter but they're securing their spot because if it does happen, they win. If it doesn't happen and they merge the networks, they win. There is no no loss situation for the ESPN. Because basically, let's say Oregon and Washington come to the SEC. 
they're already in the ESPN network now, right? They no longer have to worry about the Pac-12, essentially the, the two major teams over there. But if they do went out in the ACC and let's say the Pac-12 sticks around and they merge the network with the ACC, well, they have the media rights. Well, is so it going to be an no analogous loss. contract? Do what? Is it going to be an analogous contract? I, I, don't, I don't know. Like yeah, that's CBS that's... has a whole article on this saying that they're already in talks with this stuff. And, you know, it's smart because the moment the Pac-12 killed the media rights, what did it do? It it left ESPN a spot to kind of put their foot in the door and be like, hey, we're here now. The, you know, that big, the, the monster walking through the room, essentially, is what people call ESPN. Now Disney's working their way in there. Yeah, I was about to say, Dis they got Disney money. Bro, you know? that's what I'm saying. So YouTube money. They got Disney money. Exactly. <laughs> so, so we got to be thinking about that. Like, the ESPN's working on both sides of this. So, so. Let's go ahead. Let's uh let's go into a let's go into the next point. Let's go into the next point. I think this is a good one. This is a good place to, to go. Notre Dame, the chess piece. That's that's what we've we've we we call them, you know, throughout this process. So I would just say, Ty, I mean, what, what are your thoughts about Notre Dame? You know, do you like the, the fact that they're playing a waiting game or or I mean look, I, I completely get it for look. Notre Dame holds all the power. If you're Notre Dame, you don't play this any different, in my opinion, because the status quo is already very good to you, right? Yeah. Like, they don't have to do anything. Us as college football fans want them to do something. But if we're talking about the business aspect of this, I mean, Notre Dame is already in a good position. I think it could get sweeter, but there's a distinct possibility that it couldn't, right? Because you are the sole arbiter of your deal. Right, You don't have to do anything with that. So Notre Dame is undoubtedly a chess piece. It's just, I, I just don't know if they're going to be compelled to make these moves at the rate people want them to make. I'm, I, that's just my opinion on this, though. Jonathan, what do you think? I think that Notre Dame's the hottest chick at the bar. Exactly. <laughs> they're they're waiting are, to see no who's going to flex the most. Yeah. And at the But end she the, knows it. Yeah, and she knows it. And what typically happens, they, well, they ain't leaving with nobody. So that's probably what's exactly. going to end up happening, which Chris, you brought up before uh, last time we were talking is like, yeah, they're going to be doing all, making all these moves, talking all this stuff with all these people. And guess what? At the end of the day, when they're going, now nah, we're going to stay independent. Everybody's behooved. Everybody was up in arms for no reason. You know what I mean? So in Notre Dame is Notre Dame being over. Like, I got a question for you two. Is Notre Dame worth all of this? We're putting Notre Dame up, and I get it. They're a very valuable program. They're a very prestigious program. They're blue blood. Academics are great. All this. But it's almost like we're treating them like they're winning national championships. I get it. They have in the 80s. Like their academic standards are just unheard of. The Big Ten sees it. You know what I mean? With Northwestern and teams like that. But are we kind of overhyping what Notre Dame as one team can bring to a conference or no? Depends which perspective you're looking from, right? Because if we're talking about – who really controls college football, the media? No, it's not being overhyped yeah. because of the brand, right? Yeah. Now, the, the flip side of that is there is a conversation about Notre Dame has underachieved in a lot of ways. Now, I think there <laughs> is lot. some level of pushback that it's it's incredibly difficult even making it to a college football playoff, right? Like, there's only been let a few teams. Winning. Yeah, let alone winning the damn thing. It's very difficult just yeah. getting there. And Notre Dame has been there, so they've underachieved relative to your top four teams in college football. Yep. 
but if if we're looking at it from this uh, perspective of media, no, I mean they're not being under or overrated. So we can kind of agree that it's it's from a media perspective because I'm not comparing these two, but Washington went to the playoffs too. No doubt, whoa, no doubt. And whoa, I was going to make whoa. that point earlier. So here's 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 my thoughts about this. Okay, I think it's for the traditionalists. Yeah. Right. I think that a lot of people think that you know. Let's say, let's say that um, it's pretty much like this right here. Whoever controls the West wins, wins, <laughs> uh, wins it, wins it. Uh, you know, in the end, right? It's kind of like Game of Thrones almost. If you think about it, oh so people are pretty Notre Dame like that. Like, yeah, if we have Notre Dame, then we win everything. We got it all. That's the missing piece. That's what I'm saying. I don't necessarily think that that's true, but what I would say is that when you look out there at the teams that are still out there, right? If the SEC is able to get a Clemson uh, and Miami, and then you get a Notre Dame, you pretty much tell everybody else, you can come get Georgia Tech. You can go get UNC. You can go get Oregon. Baby, we done. Like, we got it. We got OU, Texas, Clemson, Miami, Florida State, probably, and on top of that, we got Notre Dame. Come on, man. That's the end of college football at that point. The, no, the that's, big, the, that's the super conference. Yeah. The big, yeah. That, I mean, like super, super conference. Yeah. yeah. Like the Big Ten, I think the reason why Notre Dame is a chess piece and so important is because the Big Ten knows that they have to do everything to keep Notre Dame from going to the SEC. Because yeah. most likely what's going to happen, Clemson, Florida State, and uh, Miami are going to want all of that SEC action because of the money, uh, the territory, all of that. They're going to want to be in, in, in all of that uh, that is the SEC. So the Big Ten knows that their best shot to be able to be on e- equal footing as far as TV rights, uh, you know, media rights, all that stuff you guys are talking about, or just, you know, public perception. Because you can have Ohio State all day. You can have a, a gaudy Michigan. You can have a gaudy Wisconsin. But if all you're the, the only thing that you're going to be able to add is a on again, off again girlfriend and, and <laughs> you know, UCLA and uh, the prom queen, but now she's not as hot as she used to be in high school, girl, in USC. You get what I'm saying? And then you have Oregon. I mean, you got to think up, about Chris. it. She can't do saying, anything about how she looks. You got to think about it because you're basically saying, the big, you're basically telling the Big Ten, we got this whole thing shut down. You don't have the premier teams in college football. You have great, you have really great teams. Don't get me wrong. Even if they go to this whole NFC, AFC style of, you know, championship and all the rest of that, at the end of the day, they can still win. But at the same time, you're going to say year in and year out, the SEC is going to be completely better from top to bottom. Yeah. Because they're going to, they're not only, the SEC is going to be more top heavy than ever in, in, uh, in that conversation. But I feel that's the reason why there's so much importance being placed on uh, Notre Dame simply because people believe that, uh, I think at the Big Ten season, you can't let the SEC come up there into your territory, a team that's in Indiana, (laughs) and take them from you. You can't do that. That can't happen. North Carolina, Clemson, Miami, um, Florida State, that's perfectly fine. 
that's perfectly fine. You really shouldn't get North Carolina, but you probably you most likely to get them too. You can't. Notre Dame is off limits. Notre Dame is is absolutely off limits for them. So basically, we're talking more about not the not the Big Ten trying to get Notre Dame, but the Big Ten just trying to prevent Notre Dame into the yeah. SEC more than anything. Yeah. From that perspective, I guess. So. Well, you know the interesting thing? We sit here and we talk about the media war within college football, yeah. right? We, we talk about Fox versus ESPN. And the whole time, really, we're the one being played like puppets because <laughs> Disney owns Fox Sports. Yes. Yeah. I didn't even realize that. Direct competitors, bro. It's they just, own both. When Microsoft bought Apple or they bought 35% and claiming Apple went 1990 or whatever. Why do you think, what did Bill Gates say behind that? He said, well, the best way to sell products is to have, have competition. Yeah. It, you know what I mean? So I, well, I, I, I take back my comment about, they have Disney money and Fox, ESPN has Disney money and Fox has YouTube money. Nah, that's not correct. But I mean, I'm here, sure Disney owns YouTube as well. They own everything. They probably they secretly everything. it's an Illuminati, bro. They own pretty much everything. <laughs> Oh, but man. no, I mean that's that Notre Dame is is pretty interesting. But I like I like what uh, Georgia boy Boomer said. I mean, if the SEC gets gets those ACC schools, that, there's some merit in that. It doesn't matter what Notre Dame does if Notre Dame is smart, they go to the SEC. Which I think ultimately they they have to think about it. They have to think about it. I, the fact of the matter is is that more of their rivalry games and more of their you know traditional matchups that they that they would normally play are going to be in the Big Ten. So that's the only thing. That's probably the only conundrum that they would <laughs> they would have to deal with, I guess. Yeah, I mean, um, and let's be real. I mean, just a, some food for thought here. If we let's just say we assume we get Miami, Florida State, Clemson, right, and like a North Carolina. Well, without the NCAA really involved anymore, who says the SEC just doesn't hold their own playoff? <laughs> yeah, I mean, really, like they don't have to include everybody else. It's not, it's not a prerequisite. And honestly, at that point, I mean, you're losing out on Ohio State and USC. Ohio State. <laughs> I'm, trying, <laughs> I'm trying to give some merit here, no, man. I'm no, 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 no. To. you're right. You're right. I, I'm, I'm cracking a joke. You, you. We all know I I think yeah, is going to be a yeah. fun team this year. And they, look, they they have sky's the limit. If they get Could that be. right, that's a brand akin to Miami where they can they can turn it on and be a power. Yeah. It's got to come together. And I think it's going to be exponentially harder for it to do so in the Big Ten because of the level of competition oh, present. Hands down, yeah. But I, I just made that joke because right now, day dot this year, there's one team in the new Big Ten that I think is of real consequence – and it's Ohio State. Yeah, I agree 100%. Hell, if I'm the SEC, I'm taking a shot at them. I'm like, hey, I mean, <laughs> oh, all yeah. these boys is coming down here to play. Oh, my gosh. You know, <laughs> um, it's a good go – I didn't, I didn't realize this, Chris, either. Uh, I looked it up. I, I honestly didn't know that big – obviously, uh, oh, my gosh, Notre Dame, Indiana, it's connected to Kentucky. It's bordered, really? yes, to Kentucky. I just looked it up. So that means the SEC would have territory all the way up north. If they actually do get Notre Dame, you gotta expand your horizon. I, I wasn't you aware of that. Expand your horizon, yeah. <laughs> like, bro, I was like, what? Oh, hang on a well, minute. The recruiting. Well, speaking of that, that's a great segue into our next point. What's next for the SEC, guys? Winning another national championship. Well, Did I say that out loud? <laughs> I'll let you start on this. 
Well, I don't want to be rude. <laughs> no, no, no. You, you go ahead. I started the last one. You go uh, ahead. No, uh, as far as what's going to be involved here, I personally think that uh, the SEC should contact Oklahoma State. I like the idea of bringing over Oklahoma State because uh, I like what Oklahoma State brings to the table. I know a lot of Oklahoma fans, Chris, may not like that idea. Um, but I, I, I like Oklahoma State, and I like bringing and keeping that rivalry between Oklahoma and Oklahoma State, even though I'm pretty sure you guys don't. It's kind of one-sided, right? Yeah, for the most, not, for, not for the most part. Thing, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, it's been pretty one-sided. But I'm trying to think outside the box because every, everybody else is going to say the same thing. It's going to be Miami, Florida State, Clemson. In my opinion, North Carolina, because you add now the basketball edition with the Kentucky. Now you have this power thing going on inside the SEC with basketball. Um, and I know a lot of people are going to say drop Vanderbilt, even though they have a great market, great baseball team, blah, blah, blah. You know, we can go on from there. Uh, but if they are smart, of course, you are going to be contacting Miami. You're going to be contacting, in my opinion, Florida State, Clemson. And I, I personally think, yeah, it would probably be North Carolina. So, no, I, I love that. I love the teams you put together. I think Oklahoma State is – anytime you can keep some rivalries together, yeah, even if like they are that. very light, right? But it's storylines. It's storylines which drives viewership, which yeah. creates interest, which creates fans. You got to love it. So I, I think Oklahoma – but there's a team right now out there that we're not discussing, and it's it's kind of been wild. A team that brings all the notoriety – all right, five stars. Bishop Sycamore. Oh, my get out of here, bro. I thought you were talking about West Virginia. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. But in, in oh, all seriousness, uh, the Big 12 losing Oklahoma State would be a hit to the Big 12 game oh, to the yeah. SEC. But at least <laughs> the Big 12 has been able to add the brands in. They're, they're trying yeah. to add in that they have added in. That conference has made it to where they're going to stick around. The SEC – while I think they should make moves, we can be perfectly honest with the addition of Texas and Oklahoma. They can sit on their hands for yeah. years. Like they're good. Yeah. They don't need to do anything. You have five of the biggest brands in college football all in one conference. It's insane. You should add people. Yes. I, I, I like the teams, Jonathan, to your point, it, people all say them. So it is a bit lazy of me to do, but they say them for good reason. Miami, yeah. North Carolina, Clemson, Florida state, I, I'd love the SEC to add in any combination of those. The SEC, I feel like they're a bit different than the, than the Big Ten as far as the expansion to, uh, talks are going on. I think the SEC is kind of out for – they're on the hunt to add – and it's, I use this word loosely, all right? All right, don't kill me for using this, all right? They're on the hunt for Blue Bloods. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, no, let's, I, I, let's I like just that. be real. I mean, I, yeah. it's hard to look. I get the recency bias of a Clemson. Clemson's necessarily—they're not necessarily in the blue blood talk. Okay, a Florida State, Florida State, as much history they have, especially with Bobby Bowden, I don't necessarily know if they're in the blue blood talk as well. Get what I'm saying? But what I'm saying is that you're going to have a lot of the premier programs in the nation there. And especially if you get Florida State and Miami, you lock down the state of Florida pretty much. Exactly. I mean, let's just be honest. I mean, they're still gonna they're, those kids are still gonna leak out and go everywhere else, especially inside the SEC. But at the end of the day, you pretty much lock it down and you say this is SEC country exactly. little pipelines that you may have had up there. Ohio State to be able to go and sneak out a kid, Michigan yeah, with Harbaugh 
every now and then we'll probably be able to go sneak out a kid, but you might, you might shut that down, you know, and it'll be easier to lock a state like that down than it would Texas with Texas being so big, having so many damn recruits. And then especially with other, other teams inside of Texas, Houston, you know, TCU, stuff like that. I mean, places like that where they're still in the big 12, they're in other conferences. You know what I'm saying? But I think the SEC, you know, the next move, obviously, I think the right move. If they're going to expand, why not? Clemson, Florida State, Miami, North Carolina. It makes the most sense. I don't get where this Virginia talk is coming from. Maybe you guys do, but academics. Huh? Academics. What they want, they're wanting the research because everybody's talking about research. And it's like Pitt's number one research academic facility inside the, uh, the ACC. You know what I, I mean? Told, so I told you it's about those research dollars. Yeah, it's the research. I mean, you're getting schools for that. If you're the Big Ten, one of the schools that I would go at, if it, I mean, Syracuse, why yeah. not? Yeah. Because even if, you know, they may, they may not be the hottest in basketball. I mean, not in football. That's a good idea. But basketball, I mean, why wouldn't you go get a Syracuse? Don't let them go back to the Big East. You go get them. They yep. fit right in with your fold. And you already know Beheim and whoever his co- is is his coach and waiting. They're going. I mean, it makes sense, right? Yeah. Um, the ACC can stay together basketball wise because I mean Duke and all the rest of them. I mean they're going to have a lot of those those types of schools. But you you go get those you know a team like that. You go get the Pittsburgh. You go try to get the West Virginias. You know you you keep those teams there. Get what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, I think a team that'd be interesting as well, Virginia Tech. Yeah. Virginia Tech, Virginia Tech, Ty, we talk about it all the time. Yeah. We say some teams are one coach away, some teams are like a quarterback and a few pieces away, right? Virginia Tech has always been, I mean, in my opinion, for the, the, the last decade, they've been a coach away. You know, with Beamer going out, then yeah. you know, it's the following years after the fact, they've always kind of been. They've been up and down. Last year, they started off pretty hot. You know, it was pretty cool to see the whole Sandman thing, the interest, all the rest of that. They were hype. But then they kind of just, you know, fell off. Another team for the Big Ten that makes sense, NC State. When you yeah. think of NC State, you don't necessarily think of a ACC team. You think of a Big Ten-style uh, football team. I mean, they're nobody. They're the ACC version of Wisconsin. Yeah. You know? They will. They can put up numbers when they need to. They can beat the big dog when they need to. They don't do it on a consistent basis. However, you know, with their style of ball, their brand of ball, it's all about you know defense first, and then they go from there. But I mean, there. Besides Notre Dame, there are some obvious decisions, uh, you know, that they could they can they can make in the Big Ten. But as far as the SEC, like I said, man, you you got to go get Clemson. Um, Florida State, Miami, North Carolina, if you want to throw them in there. I mean, you got to go get those teams. Hell, maybe even go and lock down the state of Kentucky. Go get Louisville. Get Louisville, but need this money. Honestly, why not? Yeah, that's a lot of money sitting there. Yeah, I mean, you go and lock down that that state. You go get get Louisville. Why not? I mean, it it would make perfect sense. Cash rules everything around me. So to circle back all the way to the beginning, uh, Jalen Brown's from Miami. <laughs> really? Okay. Yeah. And you know it's even wilder. And this is per Matt Zinitz, great, great reporter. 
Um, he said in a tweet, this is just super interesting. This is the first time since Xavier Carter in 2004 that LSU has landed a five-star offensive player from Florida. I didn't know that. That's super interesting to me. Now, speaking of recruiting, let's go on to our very last point. I said, oh, you recruiting on here, but let's just talk about recruiting in general. <laughs> Can we not? Think- <laughs> let's stick to OU. Has it, been, think- has it come out yet? What are you no. going to say? Nothing, nothing. Let's oh. continue. <laughs> um, hey, oh, you just picked up Caden Green. Not yeah, y'all, y'all are doing great right now. They say that, uh, you know, if we go ahead and get the – we go and get the kids that we're supposed to get in the month of July, and that will put us right behind Texas for the fourth best class yep. in the nation. Thoughts on that? Yeah. So I've been covering me and Ty both. Obviously, you know, uh, Ty's been covering Oklahoma recruiting a lot as well. Um, the biggest piece, in my opinion, for Oklahoma this month was Caden Green. I thought this was the guy they had to get. Uh, I made a video about three and a half, probably four weeks ago, about Caden Green. And uh, just so happens that he actually came on uh, the video and commented Boomer at the top and then deleted the Boomer part and left a comment. And I, I wish I would have screenshotted it now, but uh, and I would have posted it on Twitter. But either way, uh, yeah, Caden Green, getting him, I feel like, is going to be the snowball effect that Miami had with Jaden Rashada. It's going to be the snowball effect that Florida just had yesterday with the name slips me, the Penn State flip. What's his name? Ty, you have to know his name. Oh my oh, gosh! I did. My brain is putty. Yeah, my mine is too. Uh, either way, they end up getting Trayon Trayon Webb today, the running back. Uh, and, and then another commit. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. they got Trayon Webb last night. Eugene Wilson committed today. today. Uh, so now they're on a roll. I feel like Caden Green is that to this Oklahoma class. I feel like now that you have so many commits coming up in the month of July, that getting Caden Green and him being vocal about me recruiting other players. I always speak on these guys, man. Like, I feel like they're so important to lock down in a class. And also getting um, Petaway. Petaway's yeah. another guy. Oh, I, yeah. I felt like, you know, he, he's a different breed of what you see coming into an Oklahoma-style offense with Jeff Lebby not being the 6'3 type Burton shoot offense guy um, like an LV Bunkley Shelton is that came over from Arizona State. But he fits Perfect. into this Perfect. offense on, yeah, on the other side. Speed. My God, his inline vert speed is, like, ridiculous. But, yeah, I feel like outside of that, man, like uh, as far as specifically Oklahoma, it's going to lead to a lot of good things. I'll just leave it at that. So, first off, the the name comes back to me. It's Marcus Stokes. There we go, Stokes. From Penn State to Thank Florida. You. Depending on where you look, three-star prospect, four-star prospect. He's a four-star. Yeah, depending. Yeah, so love the addition of him. But the the interesting thing to me for Oklahoma – is with Caden Green, I think that this, to put to piggyback off of Jonathan's point, this is a big-time commitment. Yeah. I, I really debate right now which is the bigger addition in the month of July. Is it Petaway or is it Caden Green? And honestly, I think I'm going to have to go with Caden Green. The reason being is you have a five-star signal caller. You have Jackson Arnold. You have very talented offensive linemen on campus, but you have Bill Biedenboe. We were on live stream. I don't think the cam wars were rolling at the time, but JP was telling us he was hearing a lot from Sooner fans that there was frustration towards Bill Biedenboe in terms of recruiting and development. I thought the development part was asinine, 
right? Because yeah. Bill Edenboe develops at such an elite rate. It, it doesn't need to be discussed. His development is spoken for. He can miss for a few years and still be good. He's yeah. been solid. You give him Caden Green. And I didn't get to talk about it in my video today, but the one thing I love about Caden Green, you want him to play left tackle? Cool. Want to play him right tackle? Cool. cool. Yep. You have need at guard? He's athletic enough to slide down into guard and be a solid... So that versatility allows for so much flexibility on the offensive line, and it really allows you to make a complete offensive line, plus the addition of Schmitty, which I talked about in the video I released earlier. Yeah. Right? Love that. The Petaway one, though, is so intriguing, and I'm so glad, Jonathan, you brought this up, because in the video I did on Petaway yesterday, I actually talked about the stylistic differences and yeah. how this was a deviation from what Jeff Levy typically goes for, but... What do stylistic differences mean? And am I about to be sad? Oh, yeah. He just, he should have just committed. Peter Woods to Clemson over Alabama. Yeah. We already knew that was coming. Yep. Alabama yep. dropped the ball. He Big made time. It, he made it known they dropped the ball, too. So, yep. Not, so, not sad surprised. boy hours ensue. We, we got to segue right into that. Uh, Alabama recruiting, you know. No, no, no. We're going to stay on Oklahoma <laughs> So, we, we lost Peter Woods and. Now we lost Elliot Washington too, by the way, to Penn State. Yeah, but in fairness, Elliot Washington, I don't think this like I think that was expected, right? Especially because of the defensive back recruiting we're doing right now. And in fairness, right, before I panic too much, if I'm not mistaken, didn't Jeremiah Alexander commit to Clemson July seventh last year? Yeah. So almost he, a year to the date, and then he yeah. flipped. I'm not saying that's gonna happen with Peter Woods, but I'm saying I'm holding out hope. Because I'm an Alabama fan, I don't know, man. I'm just trying. Doc, I, I was I was talking last night uh, with Marvin Constant in Alabama, obviously Alabama linebacker back in the day. And look, Pete Golden is is dropping the ball a lot when it comes to staying in contact with these recruits. And Peter Woods has kind of made it. I, I've heard he's kind of make it vocal, made it vocal that look, when this a team isn't stops, on Roach, do what? This isn't on Roach. No, it's not on Roach. It's on Pete Golding, in my in my opinion. Uh, a couple of these guys have now made it kind of public that, hey, you know, it, it's a good initial push, but they need to slow down. Um, we're lucky we recovered on Wilkin Formby, the four-star offensive tackle, because Wilkin Formby was not an Alabama lean whatsoever, and he's out of Tuscaloosa, Northridge, 6A school. Uh, he was an Ole Miss in Oklahoma. He even mentioned Oklahoma. So, yeah, and then, I, I thought for, his, for, for, for a minute that he was leaning our way, but then I saw, I was like, okay. It you was guys you guys stole the kid out of uh out of Oklahoma. I mean, we got yeah, in we on him late, so I want to Adam him. really like him. Yeah, yeah. yeah I no, want to see right. him. I want to see him. Uh, you know, sign that dotted line because I'm like, hey, you know, dude, come on. Oh, use the school, but at the same time, I mean, I was like, eh, it's not a bad, it's not a bad pickup for you guys. I, I hear he's really, really fast though. Like, yeah, and five as a sophomore. Yeah, ten five. Or 10-6. We're go I mean, splitting hairs here. Yeah, but yeah, either way. You, you want to talk about fast, and I didn't get to talk about this with Petaway. Allow me to segue back into this before we make me even sadder talking about this. But the last point I'll make on Petaway, the stylistic differences of wide receivers will give defense fits, right? Yeah, you have a yeah. wide receiver that's six foot three, but then you got little Petaway there, who, by the way, has nabbed three or four sub-10 500 meter dashes Four. lowest being a 10 4 1 yep this dude can move he, yeah. he's fast 
his inline speed is something I'm, crazy. I'm telling you, I am. You know, the Marvin Mills, the Theo Weasels of the world are going to love this offense. Yep. Uh, but I'm still, and the Jaden Gibsons, the Jaleel Farouks, I'm still looking for that guy that I say, man, the Dontario Drum. Like, yep. I mean, if you go back and watch Ole Miss last year, there were not that many plays that he didn't touch the ball. I mean, literally, that kid was in – I mean, jet sweeps, bubbles, you know, jailbreak screens. I mean, they, they throw – they just give the ball where, wherever he was at, he made magic with it. And I was like, man, I, 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 I'm excited about him – about Levy bringing that to OU and possibly having a kid like Petaway or, or whatever, somebody who's got that twitch but can make something happen with the ball. I'll tell you what, having the twitch is awesome. Having yeah. the speed is awesome. You can't teach that, right? He yeah. has it. You either have it or you don't. What I like better than that is he has an understanding, not being a super big wide receiver, of how to use his body mm-hmm. to keep the corner yeah. from being able to intercept the ball. For a smaller wide receiver, only being a junior, I love that he already has that understanding, right? Because I saw multiple times he used his body to shade the corner away to where the corner's job became exponentially harder, and he was the only person who had a really legitimate shot at that catch. I love that. That's love that's it. an inside step, bro. Your first yep. three steps, if you can if you can get an inside step and fade out on those post patterns, dude, you're you're super deadly. And uh, actually, if you go back and watch my Jackson Arnold video actually show him doing that with one of the receivers. You know what I mean? He does that a lot. Well, even further than that, it's 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 the first three steps, no doubt. I'm talking down the field. When oh, down he'll, the field. He'll I be you. adjusting to a ball oh, where yeah, he yeah, has yeah. to let up some speed, and the corner will catch him, and he has real good understanding of how to put his body to almost box out that corner. Yeah. For a sub-six-foot wide receiver as a mm-hmm. junior in high school, there's a lot of very talented guys who don't have that understanding because it comes later. He has it. And he's let physical. Me ask, let me ask you guys this question. Do you guys get Brandon Ennis at the end of the day? No. Uh, you don't want my opinion on Brandon Ennis. <laughs> I don't think anybody him. knows what he really wants to do at this point. No, because I don't – look, Bama landed five wide receivers last year. Were they in on Brandon Ennis? Yeah, they would have loved to land yeah. Brandon Ennis. But at the same time, getting in Malik Benson – uh, I think has pretty much well showed. I don't know that ba- Bama might not take but one more wide receiver this class because of what they got last year. I really love last year's haul. Really yeah. am big on it. Kendrick Law, Aaron Anderson, Kobe Prentice, Shaz Bond. Preston, Isaiah Bond. You can create a track team with those dudes. Yeah, Like genuinely. Yeah. Isaiah Bond competed at like a, a, an extremely high level in track. Didn't he nab like a 10-3-4? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, he is – he was one of the fastest in the country. Like, he's super fast. And his routes have gotten a lot better. So, Bama's not super, super pressed for wide receiver. But, I mean, look, if Ennis would have committed, we would have taken him with open arms, no doubt. I'm, I'm just not super high on Ennis. Yeah. Like, I, no, don't, don't get me wrong. I think he's a great wide receiver. But I think when you look at it, number one, the name Showtime should put things in perspective immediately. He is He's a big catch guy. Like, you know what I mean? But he's a lot like an early Julio Jones in the fact that he will also drop the ball as well. He's not a super consistent wide receiver. So like he, I was just going to jump in and just say yeah. my my biggest thing about him, I was excited about him coming to OU, obviously. I mean, yeah. who, who doesn't love getting a, a five-star player? Somebody's, no, of course. You know, the caliber of him. 
my whole thing was was when I look at his tape, my thing is that I know that he's fast. I hear that he's fast, but the tape doesn't necessarily translate that. It's not game right? speed. Yeah. And the other thing was, I was like, are we getting another uh, Jaden Hazelwood? Which I think Jaden Hazelwood is going to have a pretty pretty damn good year at, at, at Arkansas. I don't know. I'm not going to say a great year. I think he's going to have a solid year. My problem with him was simply, you know, this year I definitely want to see it. I'll be watching it whenever I watch Arkansas this year. But can he finally create separation? You yeah. know, coming off that ACL injury and everything, it, he just wasn't right. You know, he wasn't – he didn't have that same twitch that he had his, his freshman year. And so that's no fault to him. I mean, hey, you know, things happen, right? But that was kind of my only knock was, you know, his ceiling is high, but his floor, I guess, is Jaden Hazelwood. Yeah. And this is a guy I've watched a lot of film on. And I, like I said, I've already, you know, I don't want to sound like I'm being down on the kid. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, but I, I was just one of those guys to where if we missed him in Alabama, it was like, okay, we missed him. You know what I mean? And, and like Ty brought up, Malik Benson was the guy. Most of us, real Alabama the fans that are following recruiting are saying, this is the guy. Like, this is the guy we need to bring in. Like, miss out on Ennis, bring in Benson. Um, mm -hmm. And it was that way last year realistically with Jameson Williams. It was one of those things where we needed that that guy, you know what I mean, in my opinion. And sometimes I feel like teams don't understand the difference between creating depth with a transfer portal and then creating and bringing in positional needs, yeah. in my opinion. And that's what makes, I think, like in Alabama, I feel like Brent Venables is definitely going to be that style because that's what was going on with Clemson to a certain extent. We know that Dabo doesn't like bringing in transfer portal guys unless it's an absolute positional need that has to be filled. Uh, filled. Other than that, otherwise it's just a farming system like you see in baseball. You want to bring in the guys and develop them yourself, plain and simple. Yeah, 100%. You guys got anything else about recruiting? Adonis. Dante going to Oregon. That's a big deal. That is a big deal. That is a huge deal. That is uh, a huge deal. I, I think let, let's, let's – let's, Let's just ask that question and just just make it brief if you can. Who's the best quarterback in this class? Oh, that's a dangerous question. Ty, I mean, that may be a video. We I already know Ty. <laughs> I already know Ty's pick. It's gonna be Nico. Uh, I have to admit it, man. Tennessee's quarterback, Nico Iamaleva. Uh, yeah. I'm not saying he's the most polished in I this class. I've seen any game film. Maybe I'm not looking in the right places, but everything I see is just him and, and his. He you know, transferred schools. He transferred and, schools. Yes, but the the man, his arm talent is sickening. I mean, it is unbelievable watching him. He'll just be standing there. And you if you blink, you've missed it. He has got such a quick motion, and it is a rocket. He's so talented. Um Jackson Arnold, I mean, we were talking about this before. If we're talking the short to intermediate game, which let's be honest, that's most of college football. You're gonna, he has the ability to stretch it. That's not an issue. But his short to intermediate game is elite now. Yeah, and that's what Levy loves. Now, yeah. So yeah. Jackson Arnold's up there. Dante Moore, unbelievably talented prospect. Just enough mobility to keep a defense honest. Isn't going to stretch it like a Marcus Mariota, but can he keep a defense honest and use his legs as an extension of the pass game? Absolutely. Malachi Nelson's great as well. This is a great class for quarterbacks. Yeah. So so my, my uncle brought up a good point about Malachi Nelson. So I asked him, I said, hey, uncle, I say, you know, if everything would have stayed the same and Lincoln would have stayed here, were you excited about Malachi? And he said, no, for the same reasons that I, I 
I was really, he's, he told me, he said, Hey, I was really excited about Spencer Rattler. And then when I, I started to see the product on the field, I said, you know what? Basically my uncle was just saying that, Hey, to run this Lincoln offense, that quarterback has to have some wiggle. He's got to be able to, to run. He's got to be able to make things happen. And he was like, the problem with Malachi is Malachi is the same type of quarterback as Spencer. He's not mobile like that. And so it's it may be a bit bit dif- difficult for him to manage that Lincoln Raleigh offense. Sure, I'm sure he has the arm talent, but I mean that that's not a knock. And I don't want people to think that, hey, as an OU fan hating on somebody that chose Lincoln over OU, but I'm just saying, you know, that's a I think that's a fair point to point out. Yeah, and I'll go as far as saying I made a video on Jackson Arnold and why I think he should be considered at least be in the talk of being the top quarterback in the class. Uh-huh. Uh, I personally think it's between Nico and Jackson Arnold. I think it is between those two. Nico's pure arm talent, like seven on sevens, is like watching something on a Madden rookie mode. It's like, it's like what a is going on here? Like it's ridiculous. But when you look at the complete package – of how smart, like I said, Jackson Arnold is, man. Like, it, it's hard to comprehend how smart this guy is without breaking down his film and seeing him making checks and recognizing and talking outside shade versus in, inside exactly. shade. And it's like, what? This exactly. kid is already in that level. Of, you know what I mean? And to be able to recognize that already is like, oh, you're on a different level, bro. Like, exactly. As far as football IQ. So, And you know what? I, I am going to pump myself up a bit here. Chris, you were here. <laughs> Chris was here. Jonathan, unfortunately, you and I hadn't started doing content together yet, but the day or a few days after he committed, Chris and I were on a live stream. I told everybody then and there, this kid is going to end up as a five-star book it. I said it the day he committed. Why? I've gotten to watch him play. He's got it, man. He's got it. That's why I wasn't tripping for Oklahoma fans when Malachi Nelson, as great as Malachi, and Chris, you and I have had multiple talks about Malachi Nelson. You know how high I am on him. Yeah, I'm not even going to pretend like, I think he's a fantastic quarterback. I think his ceiling is high. I think any college that gets him is exponentially lucky. Jackson Arnold is that dude. He's that dude. He's the moxie. He's like the Mac Jones. He's the guy that walks on the field and says, F you. You know what I mean? Here's my route, bro. Mm-hmm. This is what we're going to do. What If you go back and watch his film, he walks different. I hate to say weird stuff like that. But when you <laughs> see him and the way he is, he's got that, that swagger it, you want to a guy. I don't know what it is, but when I see it, I can it's tell there. you he's got it. Exactly. And, it, you know, I say the same thing about Petaway. I said in my video, he's going to be a five-star by the time the end Same. of his senior season comes like in my opinion he's gonna you can't have that type of production and look that good on film man and not be a five star and 24 7 sports has him as their number if we're not talking composite 24 7 sports their personal yeah, rankings has him as the number 34 prospect in the nation 24 7 sports composite has correct me if i'm wrong 37 or 38 current he's five like 37th i believe he's like 44th on the composite but on, on their rankings if they were to have as many five stars as the composite had, he's a five star wide receiver. They have him as the number four wide receiver in the class. Yeah, I'm bringing it up right now. Yeah, he. I mean, he's that dude. I wouldn't be shocked at all to see him. And also, we talk about the competition played. Jackson Arnold, Petaway, they're playing in elite leagues. They're not yeah. playing in Grandma's backyard league. He's a uh, two forty seven or sorry twenty four seven number four wide receiver, thirty fourth nationally. Composite eighth yep. wide receiver, 47th nationally. Yep. I thought it was 44th. I'm sorry. So 
Yeah, no, and I believe he's going to climb up. So I think there's no doubt about it. Well, that's a video that we definitely probably need to all just jump into because, I mean, that's, that's just so many dang quarterbacks. It hasn't been – I'm sorry, but it hasn't been a class like this in quite a while where you just like – I said the same thing, bro. I yeah. said the same thing to Ty. And we haven't even mentioned Arch Manning, by the way. Oh, yeah, I mean, we haven't talked about Arch. So, but, but here's the incredible thing, right? Jonathan said the same thing to me and I did a video and it's actually, I'm so sad. It's one of the videos that has done the worst performance wise for me. And it kills me. Cause I'm like, yo, this is, this is such good information. Like this mm -hmm. is, this is super interesting. This year's class is unbelievable. But as I told Jonathan just yesterday, go check out 2020 and was it 2021, Jonathan? It was, it was 2021. It was 2020 with the Bryce young class. I believe I'm going to go look that right now. quarterback class, man is dumb there were like 31 top 300 quarterbacks. Oh, yeah. yeah like it like, was dumb there's like 14 or 15 this year so it was over double the amount this year because spencer's year i mean it still it still baffles me that um gosh oh that's his name bo picks it's it still baffles me that bo picks was number two i mean that was like a distant two you that know? wasn't a great quarterback class. No, are we talking about Bo Nix? You said what? You say Bo Nix? Bo, yeah. That Bo was the 2019 oh, class. That was 19? Yeah. Bo, see here, I'm looking. Hang on one second. That was the 2019 class. That wasn't a great recruiting class for quarterbacks. As far as five stars is concerned, I think yeah, they only no. had two. We said in the top, would, would we put it in the top what? 300. 300, right? Yep. So I, um, I always like doing top 300. Yeah, 2020 at 25. Hang on. So it was the 2021 class. Yeah, they had 31. So, yeah, let me see here. QBs, positional rankings. This year's class is an exceptional class because of how many are in the top 10 and yeah. top 15. That's where this year separates it. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. I mean, yeah. it's a plethora of quarterbacks. Top heavy for sure. So something, top heavy. Something that we'll have to talk about <laughs> What are you? Somebody I know what you're said, laughing at. I know what somebody, you're laughing at. You don't even have to say said it. that Arch, Arch Manning is Jimmy Clausen, uh, is uh, just another Jimmy Clausen without the arm. And I said, Whoa, this. They said he was Arch Manning is Jimmy is Jimmy Clausen without, without the arm. Yeah, I said, bro, that's a dig hard. That's a dig hard. Like, you know, it's weird. Arch's sophomore highlights. Like I'm, I'm not trying to be funny here. I'm, I'm genuinely talking ball here. His sophomore highlights is that's when he like erupted, right? I mean, he was his highlights earlier on in high school are almost more impressive to me than his later highlights. And maybe it's because they realized he's going to be so they they didn't ask him to do as much. But as a sophomore, y'all remember? I mean, he was setting the nation. Like he was making plays, he was making throws, like. That's when, to me, the Arch Manning mania, as far as like the the hype of his on field, was at the highest. Now, yeah. he's still a great quarterback. He's still doing unbelievable things for that Texas class, and he's still a Manning, right? So, very interested to see what he does. Well, he just lost forty nine to seven in the playoffs a couple weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, it he, wasn't good. He went like eleven of like twenty six or something I, like that. We don't talk about of, Bruno. I can't even. I can't even. I can't even hate on the kid. You know, honestly, he chose Texas. It is what it is. But one thing that I can hate, and I think this is a good segue. Ty, I've been meaning to show you guys this little something I created. Um, 
Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. We have the mullet boy t-shirt. You oh, want to see the back? Y'all want to see the back? Yeah, show me um, the back. Okay. Bro. <laughs> so, <laughs> I just want y'all to know. Bro. I'm taking orders right now. If anybody wants to get a shirt, just holler at your boy. I got you, you know? So. <laughs> I am not affiliated with him. <laughs> Dude. So, Ty, when we have your when we have your show next week, I'll, I'll definitely. Oh God. It. Uh, That's gonna probably be the first thing. You so, know what I need you to do for me, Chris? What's Jonathan, that? have you ever seen the video of Chris when he pins the letter in like 16th century, 17th century English style? Oh my God. <laughs> That is one of the funniest things I've seen in so long. That was great. Texas fans, Texas fans hated me for a while. I'm Jonathan. If you don't look, when you talk Texas, don't mention my name. He's warned me. me. He's warned me. Oh, I told him if you want to set Chris off, say Texas, and it's a go. (laughs) I, I, me and Texas, we don't, we don't mesh, but. But yeah, fellas, I mean, that's pretty much the episode, man. I love that, bro. Hey, man, All hype, no tape. Y'all want one? You know, mullet boy? You know, <laughs> All hype, no tape. That's where bro. it's at. That's where it's at. Y'all send me y'all sizes, and I'll send y'all a shirt for sure. Oh, <laughs> but... gosh, bro. <laughs> Chris, I love you, man. You're yeah. one. <laughs> you know what? I'll, I'm going to wear that to the Alabama game because, you know, I got tickets to go to the Alabama-Texas game. Oh, you got – oh, my God. Yeah, I got those a while back. So hey. how much percentage-wise, what percentage of your kidney did you have to get rid of? It was 890 per ticket. Mm. Yeah, it was 890 per ticket. Really? Oh, yeah, it, well, oh. we're sitting in section like 10, so we're like right there at the 50, like we were during the A&M game. If I'm going to a game, I'll be honest with you, bro, I'm not going there to watch ants run around on the field. No doubt. No doubt. You know what I mean? So, and I'm lucky. I got medically retired out of the military, so I got checks coming in. So, you want to, uh, here, what we can do is you can add on like a big shirt and I'll just like piggyback on you. Piggyback. And I mean, like, you're, you're in Denton. Why don't you come down and we at least tailgate? I might, honestly. I, because here's the problem, man. As much as I want to go to games, I've been telling Chris, I want to go up to Norman to get to a game, right? But yeah. my thing is, is like, as soon as the game is done, I'm on here making content. No, I know what really is going on is you engaged. And yeah, you are, that's, whoosh, that's what's going on, dog. Well, you didn't need to tell everybody that. I mean, my <laughs> well, goodness gracious. I, I have I have a you know an image to uphold. Look, Jonathan. bulk content. What we'll do is we'll make like 10 videos in two days together. Then we'll I do that anyway. Out. Okay, then we'll schedule them out and we can go to the games. Because I'm definitely going to an Oklahoma game this year. Like Good me guys, and JPC. As we're sitting here them. right now. I just put out the Peter Woods video. This doesn't uh, stop. This doesn't stop. <laughs> it doesn't stop. But you gotta give yourself a break every now and then, dog. You gotta give yourself a break, bro. Well, that that is a that is the truth. I will run. Chris knows. I mean, I'll release six videos in a day, and then he'll witness. He'll message me, and I'll just be like, <laughs> somewhere in the house, sprawled out, unable to move. Yeah, like I told y'all to start this. It's an unhealthy obsession. This isn't healthy. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, some hey. people have crack. I have recruiting. It's the same. <laughs> that's a fair assessment. <laughs> that's, the, that's the quote. That's the quote. Some people have that's... crack. 
I have recruiting. That's a, that's a t-shirt. That, that's going to be my, that, you know what? That's going to be my merch. merch. Yeah. I just got a notification <laughs> around the table sports releases a video. Five star defense line. Dude, who me? Not, well, I'm on a live stream with you, bro, and I'm getting notifications. You released a video. <laughs> but guys, go ahead and uh, and plug yourself, and uh, we'll go ahead and end there. Ty, start. Yeah, um, Ty Hayes at the Mountain Table Sports. Uh, I think it's very. I have an unhealthy obsession. If you would like to contribute to my unhealthy obsession. Go over to Round the Table Sports on YouTube. Subscribe. I do constant college football content. <laughs> do not let the shirt to my right, right, distract you from what's going on in this panel right here. But yeah, we have a great time. Always, I always have such a good time anytime I get together with Chris and Jonathan. It's going to be a fun time. College football, Jonathan Lewis on YouTube uh, at College FB Lewis on Twitter, and my OnlyFans is no, I'm just playing. I'm going to bring it up every time. Oh, were you in there when I plugged? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we were in another live stream, Chris, and I started joking about how I also had an OnlyFans. If anybody yeah. wanted, I was breaking down film on OnlyFans. Guys, this is PG content. Come on, now. <laughs> well, anyways, hey, guys. Hey, look, Horns Down Podcast, Five Point Fridays. We'll be back soon. Have these guys in there for sure. So, hey, we're out.